Welcome to another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osazesha Bass. Today is July 28th, 2020. Let's get right into it. Today I want to talk about the situation surrounding Mr. Nick Cannon in regards to the comments that he made that caused an uproar and actually led to him being fired from his job from um, CBS Firecom. Um, supposedly the statements that he was fired for was believed to be anti-Semitic and off- offended a number of individuals, particularly individuals in the Jewish community, which ironically, not to downplay it or change the subject matter, but it was, he was not fired for making any racist statement that also came up during the interview, but he was fired for making the anti-Semitic statements which that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth I mean to make a statement that people are racist because of the amount of melanin in their bodies uh See, stuff like that, uh, I just, I don't get down with that. And I guess because, I, first of all, I do not believe that people are born evil or they are inherently evil. I believe that people become evil. And when statements like this is made, to me, that's, that's racism. In fact, you're you're attributing that one person is better than another person which is the foundation of racism so i mean i just find it odd that viacom didn't fire him for making these type of statements it was based on the anti-semitic statements that he made so uh Go figure. But, you know, the thing, first of all, I think the first mistake that Nick Cannon made was that he was basing the information while trying to paraphrase, paraphrase information from a book, to my understanding, that he read or heard about. And if I'm correct, I think the book, I think the book is the ISIS paper. I heard of it. I, honestly, I never read it, but I remember f- from, gosh, years, decades ago about this book. And I think he was trying to paraphrase, interpret what the author was conf- conveying. And you got to understand this book is a book based on a lot of information but it's from what 
and like I said, I never read the book, but I guess I just did a, a excerpt from the book through Google just to get an idea what the book was about. But you know, when the, the book make a statement that you know white people created homosexuality as an attempt to destroy the black community. You know, that's that's not that's not based on facts. That's just somebody's opinion. Which, you know, you're entitled to your opinions, but you're you're making statements that you're portraying as a fact when it's it's somebody else's opinion and you're trying to convey that. You know, it's, it's like, think about it like this. If, if white people were calling black people savages, you know, again, that's an opinion. But then a black person can turn around and say, hey, white person, you have a history, a brutal history of colonizing and enslaving the world. This is a fact. So the dialogue can go back and forth over a fact, but let's say in that conversation, somebody then throws in the reason that you white people are savages is because you lack melanin now you've you've changed the conversation you've really now made the conversation into something foolishness because you've thrown something you've 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 taken something that is based on facts and you watered it down with foolishness and in my opinion this is what nick cannon this was the mistake that he made taking somebody else's information. I'm not going to say foolishness, but somebody else's unfactual information and try to convey it as actual factual information. And to me, that's where that's that's that started the problem one of the things that i firmly believe is that and i don't know why we don't do it when you have a question about another group of people why not just go to those people and ask them what you know hey what is it about this statement or this action that offends you and take the time to listen to them and understand where they're coming from you know i, I remember back in college i had a good friend she was native american and she would say to other individuals that the tomahawk 
chop action that you know was done by Atlanta Braves fans was offensive. And, you know, people would just say, you know, they flat out, I would hear them say, no, it's not. You're making a big deal out of nothing. And I'm like, really? You're going to tell this this person how they should feel? What should be offensive and not offensive to somebody? Even after you've dialogued with them, you, you know, it's just, it's like the history of the, the Washington Redskins. Finally, they deciding to change the, the logo after decades and decades of protesting. But it's like, ask, ask that person from that group. If you don't understand what is anti-Semitic, why not ask a Jewish person or you know, find a woman and say, is this a chauvinistic opinion or feminist? You know, you know, something that even white people, there's some things that might offend other black people that I just don't know. And I've had them to correct me saying, hey, brother, that that's offensive. Let me tell you why. Blah, 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 blah. I don't understand why we as human beings do not go to other people to ask them, you know, hey, this this is offensive. You know, in my opinion, a lot of times we know it can be offensive. We simply take the pleasure in carrying out that type of joke anyway, so we don't want to be corrected because it, it might make us grow a conscience and from there we actually have to stop. But, you know, on my part, I feel that I have a blessing in knowing people from all, I guess, ethnic groups, gender group. I know gay people. Uh, of course, I know black people. I know white people. I know people from different parts of the world. I know Jewish people. And so, you know, my thing is, when you have a question or you are perplexed by a statement, you can go to those individuals. And I have people that I know I can go to and I can say, hey, friend, I don't, I'm not sure what is going on in terms of the feelings, but explain to me what did Nick Cannon say that was offensive? Why was there such an uproar about his statement? And, you know, and I'll be truthful. I gained a lot. I gained a lot because, first of all, you'll be amazed when you ask people stuff like that. They are honored that somebody would take the time to come to them and ask them to give their opinion on a subject matter like this. 
and what you know what I just never realized that the statement that Nick Cannon made was again you know it started off with a statement about the Rothschild family which were a, a, a banking family wealthy family and for some reason and also I think Nick Cannon had made a statement about the fake dollar, which, you know, my Jewish friend, he had no, he, he didn't understand what that meant. But um, in regards to the Rothschild family, in regards to controlling the bank, you know, he was saying this goes back hundreds of years where people felt that the banking industry was controlled by Jewish people around the world and that Jewish people were responsible for starting wars for financial benefit and any other problems throughout the world, particularly in Europe, that Jews were pretty much made into the scapegoat for all of these problems. And my friend continued indicating that the danger in this belief, the danger in this type of talk, this type of rhetoric, because he said you have to realize it's only been like 60-something years ago that we had the Holocaust. We had genocide against Jewish people. And he said the belief was that after World War I, that Jews destroyed the economy for Germany, and this prompted the rise of the Nazi regime because the Jews were believed to have stabbed Germany in the back and kept it from recovering from World War I. So it's believed that rhetoric like this has formed in the mindset of Jews and when they hear stuff like this he said they shut it down because in their opinion it triggers what could become another holocaust and they are raised to always have the mindset never forget it's funny you know as a veteran you know there are pow uh flags that said never forgotten however see that's something that you put on a flag that's something that really has just become you know almost when somebody have a little sticker that says baby on board you know, people, yeah, you see it, but you really, you, you really not really focus on it. However, based on what my friend was saying, this is something, this is their mantra. This is who they are at all costs. If they see a smoldering fire, a flicker, they stomp it out. They don't even let the wind touch it to get it brewing up. 
it is wiped out completely. And, you know, after I heard him say that, I, I be honestly, to be honest, excuse me, I felt a little envy of that mindset because this is something that we as African-Americans have never embraced in regards to forcing other groups and among ourselves in regards to the prevention of the things that we have been going through since slavery, since Jim Crow, since segregation. We, if anything, we have joined into a lot of the things and people that have also having gained some information from my Jewish friend, I realized that and this was something that they said that caught my attention was how what people have done is they use one aspect of an individual, whether good or bad, to paint a blanket over an entire group of people, you know, such as saying the Rothschilds controlled the banking system, so it meant that all Jews do this. And he you know, he said that this is what people who want to claim that they are Semitic and feel that this is a way to get others to come against Jewish people. And it's, you know, I mean, it's like today when somebody that's a racist criticized Black Lives Matter by saying things like all lives matter, police lives matter, or they like to say Black Lives Matter, but what about black on black crime? Or cities that are controlled by Democrats, you know, Chicago or Los Angeles, places like that. This is this is that tactic. It's the same tactic that has been used on Jewish people that is really being being used on every ethnic group. And like Jews they like my friend was stating that with their group of people, when somebody touches this, when they even try to reach for it, he said, we shut it down. We shut, we shut it down immediately because we know what can happen. We've experienced, you know, there's still Holocaust survivors that are still alive today. Like I said, this goes back 60 years. In conclusion, first of all, you know, um, was grateful that my friend took the time to explain all of this 
But one of the things I did like about Nick Cannon, you know, when he realized his statement had an effect on people, Jewish people, you know, he didn't he didn't hunker down and say, I'm going to stand by my words. He took the time to listen to people. He sought out counseling. He sought out spiritual and religious leaders in the Jewish communities, and he dialogued with them. And he offered an apology. And I don't think he even really was apologizing so that he can get his job back, because, I mean, truth be told, Fox didn't fire him from his other show that he had. So, I mean, it wasn't an issue of he was like gonna go bankrupt or anything like that. But you know, one of the things I did notice that after Nick Cannon made the apology and, you know, offered remorse, I couldn't help but noticing the backlash that he got from his comments. So, you know, again, you know, it's, it's, you know, you know, we got a long way to go. And that's with every, every ethnic group. Now, from my own personal being, you know, it taught me a lot. It taught me to actually seek dialogue it gave me a, a peace of mind, a frame of thought that I never really took the time to do an inventory of the different groups of people that I know. So, I mean, to have the ability to actually just say to a person, you know, I want to know up front, how does this affect? Jewish people. And it just, I mean, when I just said, you know, like the whole, the old Dave Chappelle show, you know, ask a black guy. I was able to ask a Jewish guy. And they gave me what I believe was informative information. And I'm truly, I'm truly grateful. Like I said, I just wish that we as African-Americans, the feelings that Jewish individuals have when somebody says something that is detrimental to their culture and how they just, they handle it. I just wish that we as black people, we would do the same thing. And I know somebody's going to be like, oh, you want to be a Jewish person. No, I don't want to be a Jewish person. But at the same time, I just wish that that pride that they have, I wish that we would have it. Yes, there are some very proud black people, but there's a lot of things that, you know, we turn a blind eye to. You know, and it's not just black people, you know. I wish there were other groups of people that when somebody say something about their group, they just jump on it and they handle it. I mean, people fail to realize the bottom line is Jewish people only make up 2% of the whole population in the United States. So with that being said, 
This was another episode of There's a System to This Madness. I am Osaze Shabazz. God bless. Take care. Again, I'm open to your thoughts, your opinions. Love to hear it. Again, until next time, take care.